The border crisis is getting worse, and our current administration is only putting a band-aid over the real problem. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast to hear me get right into the news of the day. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. It's everything. It changes everything. Yeah. Everything about it has changed. Basically, having a conversation with your wife to having a conversation with your children, just you know, things, uh, especially early after the stroke, um, the ability to really understand what exactly what I'm being heard is, but it gets much, much better where I, I take in a lot. But to be precise, I use captioning. So that's really the major, uh, excuse me, that's the major uh, challenge. And every now and then I'll miss a word every now and then, uh, or sometimes I'll maybe mush two words together. But uh, as soon as I have captioning, I'm able to understand exactly what's being asked but even after the stroke, uh, immediately after that, I was able to read everything and I haven't lost any memories or anything like that. It's just really the lingering issue that I have. So that wasn't. Oh, my gosh. We were just talking about this interview on break. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. So that was NBC talking with John Fetterman, who is running, as you know, one of the most more hotly contested Senate races. Oh, man, that's bad. It was a bad interview. Welcome back. Dana Lash here with you. The closed captioning that he was mentioning. So he's asked about this. And he kept having to glance over. He kept having to look at his computer to read the reporter's questions typed out for him because he could not process them audibly and then give answers back. I mean, it's no big deal, guys. It's just the Senate. You know, it's just the Senate. No big deal. I mean, you know. It was a really bad interview. And he would not actually commit to giving his record. So he was asked, and I didn't send this over because it was literally like, you know, five seconds. But he was asked, you know, we asked for your medical records. You declined. Why? And he goes, our doctor already gave uh, a record saying I'm ready to serve. NBC goes, well, that was six months ago. Don't voters deserve to know your status now? And he goes, well, I give speeches and interviews. That's not. And what did Steve, what did you say that he said he'd be ready by January or something? Right. Is that what he said? Oh, my gosh. Listen to this audio. Somebody one. This is kind of a this is sort of a, a recap of it. Uh, but. They, when they were having, they when they were engaging in small talk, they actually had to turn on the closed captioning for him. He had his computer screen up, and she would she was sitting across from him. She would ask him a question, and he would then look at the screen, and it I don't know. Just listen to this. We had a monitor set up so that he could read my questions because he still has lingering auditory processing issues as a result of the stroke, which means he has a hard time understanding what he's hearing. Now, once he reads the question, he's able to understand. You'll hear he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he 
had a hard time understanding our our conversation. We saw and heard there the auditory processing challenges, the speech challenges. I've spoken with stroke experts. They say folks can fully recover from that. But the caveat that every expert gives is that they can't fully assess a patient without details on their health records without uh, that information that the campaign has yet to disclose. We've asked multiple times. Mm, yeah, they've asked repeatedly and he's like, well, I'm not, you know, I give speeches and stuff. It, I, I mean, like I said, it's just the, it's just the, just the Senate. No big whoop, right? Nobody cares. Man, this is just is wild. Come on. This is, uh, this is too important. Now, the way that he's trying to, the Fetterman people are trying to spin this is that you guys are being so mean. He had a stroke and you guys are being so ignorant and ableist. I swear to you, if I hear that one more time, it has nothing to do with that. The left is abusing him so that they can get power. They're putting out. Yeah. So let's talk about that. You're putting out if it's wrong, if you're going to run for elected office, voters have every right to ask questions about your mental and physical fitness. It is their right. People have died for it. They've died for it. They've bled for it. This is a republic. I think some have forgotten this. They have every right to ask this question. Ableist. You're running for Senate. This is not like you're going to go and be... Uh, in, I mean, I'm just trying to think of something that wouldn't require the stress of being in the Senate. Name a job. Name a position. Anything. I think there's stress associated with almost every type of work. I'm trying to think of the, I don't know, like a flower picker. I don't know. It's not like he's going for flower picker at the botanical gardens. I don't know. He's running for Senate. And you can't say, well, we are so insistent on having him run because we want this seat. But how dare you ask questions? It's abuse. You're, if that's the way that the left wants to phrase it, then they're abusing him and hiding behind his health situation in order to deflect any kind of actual hard campaigning, any kind of being able to have them answer any question. It is bad. And the same thing as with Joe Biden, to be quite honest. But with this, absolutely. Here's the thing. Uh, when, when the left got mad at me for saying that, yes, because Senate elections, you have races and people vote and there is an outcome determ- determined. And that winner usually helps to be part of either, you know, whatever... Uh, you know, uh, uh, governing party is going to be running the Senate that adds to it. That's how these work. That's how elections work. And the left got so mad because I said, yeah, I want to you have two uh, really imperfect vehicles. One, they're just a vehicle for the voters agenda. Yeah, I want to win the Senate because I want that agenda to I want that agenda to win. Oh, they get so mad. They get mad at that, but they don't get mad about abusing a guy who is still recovering from clearly recovering from a stroke to the point where he can't even audibly process questions. They're abusing the him so that they can take the seat because that's how badly they want to win. They want it so bad and they pretend that they're they're virtuous because it's a Democrat thing. It's not, though. I mean, I have so many sound bites here. It's well, like, for instance, um, audio soundbite eight. This is one of these questions the reporter asked. Listen to this. Can voters trust that you will be able to do this job on day one? Yeah, of, of course. Okay, yeah. And, oh, and then, but there was more. Audio Sunbite 6, he was asked whether or not he was soft on crime, for instance. This is part of that same interview. Listen. Are you soft on crime? 
Of course not. I'm actually effective on crime. He had to stop. The reason there was a pause is because he stops and he has to read what's on the screen and then he has to process it and then he can answer. He's, uh, of course not, I'm effective on crime. Thank you. In what way are you effective on crime? Helping to perpetuate it or stop it? I mean, it was, it actually, I think, was difficult for the reporter to even conduct the interview at that point. And then there was this, audio soundbite seven. They have a debate, I mean, are they going to, how do they debate? Oh my gosh. He was asked about this. Listen to this. Audio are you committed to showing up on October 25th to debate your opponent no matter what happens? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not concerned. Uh, I believe that's another opportunity to be transparent and people can make their own decisions, uh, you know, during the debate. Sorry to clarify. Are, are you committed to showing up on October 25th no matter what, no matter what your opponent says or does? Well, yeah, of course I'm going to show up on the 20th. Oh, okay. I'm so glad you had a... Is is he going to actually have a... I don't know. Is he going to have a screen there on stage? Because previously that would disqualify somebody from a debate. I'm being honest. I mean, that's just kind of how... When you look right now, so switching from this, because in Pennsylvania, it is so ridiculously close. It is. It's very incredibly close in Pennsylvania. And I don't care. I'm so tired of hearing, well, you know, it's, Oz isn't the best candidate. I've been saying that forever. But is, is it worth it to you to have to not have a Democrat majority in the Senate? That's kind of what it comes down to. I'm at that point where I'm like, no, not not participating in the election is a vote for the guy, the other guy. That's what it is. If you're not going to go out and, and vote for limited government, then you're voting for big government by withholding the vote. Nobody likes to actually say that. Have you noticed that they're like, it's a very personal decision. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, people died for it. People fought for it. They've died for it. And if you're, that's kind of where we're at right now. I hate, look, I don't like, please don't, don't mistake here. Don't make a mistake here and think that I like this situation. I like the setup. I tell you, I don't. There's one of the reasons why I try to get out as early as possible. And if I can help, you know, fundraise for different groups or different issues or throw you know whatever i can do to assist in my as a citizen in my area uh, i like to do that as, as swiftly and quickly as possible so that you end up having the best possible outcome and the best possible candidates but when you get to a certain point you got to go to battle with the soldiers you got nobody likes this position but you have to look at the overall goal and don't get distracted Caltech Innovation is back-to-back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent-pending 15-round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with fully adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com and now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So, this 
I cannot think of a more horrific way to go, man. This is the second story I've had involving, I just want to say, wood chippers in four weeks. So this accident happened in Menlo Park, California. A tree trimmer is dead after falling into a wood chipper while trimming trees. He was working. It occurred at 12.53 p.m. yesterday. And apparently the police responded to the report of an incident involving a tree trimmer. He had accidentally fell right into a wood chipper as he was working. And I mean, quite literally, he was found deceased from the injuries sustained by the wood chipper. That's golly. So they said they had to shut the street down. They didn't release the worker's identity because they were still trying to notify his next of kin. All they said it was he and that's it. Uh, because they're biologists. Uh, but no, this is awful. They said that Menlo Park Police confirmed uh, the fatality. It's going to be investigated by OSHA. Oh, their OSHA is going to get in this. But that's just, man, that's just what a horrible way to go. Uh, a Biden donor and a Democrat and a former mayor. How much you want uh, to bet that this guy was also part of Mayors Against Illegal Guns? That whole group. So apparently this guy ended up, uh, he's, he's now banned from holding office. Former Oregon mayor donor Dennis Denny Doyle Uh, he's pled guilty to one count of possession of child pornography following his arrest in March so now he entered the plea yesterday uh, amidst this investigation into these images of children who've been identified as sexually exploited minors by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and so he's uh, he worked with the Biden administration the Obama administration he's been arrested and uh, now he's been charged. Several images of kids under 12. Sentencing is going to go out in January. And I tell you, it better only include the death penalty. Child predators like this guy should be absolutely put to death. The end. New Zealand. Oh, God love them. The Kiwis down there. New Zealand proposes a, t- I'm not making this up, attacks on cow burps and farts in the latest effort to save the planet. I love just the simple mindedness and the, the, self-aggrandizing vision of these people uh, who make these laws. Their government proposed a tax on greenhouse gases created by farm animals, burps, and urine to try to tackle climate change in the country. The Federated Farmers President, Andrew Hoggard, blasted the plan for unfairly burdening farmers. Uh, and by the way, also because it was stupid. He said they just want to keep, far- we just want to keep farmers farming. They want to stop them. Well, he's not wrong. And a guy tried to rob a bank with a finger gun. I'll have more on that later. Stick with us. Strippers say a market crash is guaranteed because uh, the clubs are suddenly empty. This is actually a very large discussion on social media right now. Because these, uh, they said strippers are all over social media saying their clubs are empty. Uh, that this is usually, you know, what kind of happen this is usually what happens before there's a major instability in the market or during, you know, market instability or before a market crash. And there is one woman, she goes by the name of uh, Botticelli Bimbo. I know, I'm just bear with me here, okay? I said it was a practical measure. I did not say that this was like Wharton School of Business. All right, just roll. They said that, this, that the club is a, sadly a leading indicator. And when you think of it, I think it's not just that. Think of other, think of uh, concerts and any kind of entertainment event that requires the purchase of a ticket to enter. I would be very curious, for instance, to see how well uh, concert tickets are selling. 
because when cash is tight, people don't want to, well, they don't want to make it rain at the club, that's for sure. And they're definitely not going to be going out to a lot of concerts and all that stuff. Now, a lot of them, including some club owners, were saying that, well, they've been in a recession since uh, middle, uh, you know, really since uh, like late 2020, early 2021. They said it's probably going to get worse. Some said that they noticed it definitely in spring of 21. Well, that's when you had the government that passed a trillion dollar package. And then we all got taxed twice after to pay for it. So there is an actual market research group called IBIS World. They estimate that profit for... Now, again, I'm using this as a measure, just like the Waffle House Index. It's very... It's just kind of interesting. They said that the... uh, profit for those clubs have declined more than 12% in 2018 and that the overall annual revenue growth is down and it's been slowing down in the past two years and a 17.4% uh, decrease in the past year. Ooh, man. Now you could say some of it's pandemic, but it's also if the economy was doing quite well as we were starting to climb out of it and then we started passing big spending packages and then tax hikes. I just thought that was kind of interesting just because it is you have these very weird measures, but it is still a measure. It's still I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Let's see. New York Post reports that Gen Z has canceled the thumbs up emoji. They say it's hostile. What? They said it's hostile. They say it's it has a rude meaning for the love. So someone now some of the best and worst things collectively come from Reddit. Someone had asked, am I adult enough to be comfortable with the thumbs up emoji? They said most people use it and they said that it feels aggressive. It's an unsettling response. It's an emoji and you're a moron. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. They, so some people were saying no, for people who are under 24 and under, it's a very passive aggressive reference. Are you serious? Who thinks that it is a passive aggressive reference? Steve, you're a millennial technically, so I don't know. Juan's, Juan is a Gen Z. Juan, is it aggressive to you? Thumbs up. He says no. But, you know, he's also not crazy. Steve, do you think it's the thumbs up is uh, aggressive? I think I know why this says this. Because they've added the reaction things on, like, Apple iPhones where you can double-click mm-hmm. a message and do thumbs oh, up, yeah. thumbs down, heart, emphasize, haha, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think if people decide to use the thumbs up emoji rather than double-click and hit thumbs up, that might seem like you're being sarcastic. So I see where they're coming from. I think that they're so sensitive. That's just, well, yeah, I know. they said that. But there's there are other ones though that they think should be canceled: the check mark, the okay hand, the loud crying face, the monkey covering eyes, clapping hands, the grimacing face, the lipstick. Oh my gosh, kiss mark. I this is so ridiculous. That's like my top Stop ten. It. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just think there's too many emojis. But they are the modern day hieroglyphics. They really are. Like in the future, someone will probably be able to figure out how to work a phone and they'll they'll look at our caveman hieroglyphics and emojis and wonder why we were so stupid. I'm just, you know, I don't know. Uh, also, this is, I got some wokery here. I got a couple things of wokery. I might be running out of time for one of them. Now, one of my favorite moments from PCU, which starred Jeremy Piven, and this is a movie that, it's an old movie that I love. Uh, and it, it details this college and I guess it's in the 90s. I actually don't know when. It was kind of when I first watched it, it had already been out for a long time. All I know is that George Clinton and P-Funk make an appearance in it. 
and Jeremy Piven's in it and some other people, but it's a it's a politically correct university and they make fun of political correctness in a way that would get them canceled now. But it was brilliant. And at one point he is handing out papers. He's trying to get everybody. Jeremy Piven's character is trying to get everybody to come to their party. Right. They have a, a co-ed frat trying to get everybody to come to their their frat house for a party. And they got George Clinton there and they're trying to raise money to save their frat house from the snotty lefty PC people. I mean, I'm telling you, it'd be canceled today. And so he gets into this uh, teacher's office and he's handing out essays that people can use so that they don't have to spend their time studying and they can go to the party. And he's handing out all kinds of stuff. And he's asking people, what's your major? What's your major? And someone's like Sanskrit. And he's like, you're majoring in a 1000 year old dead language. You're a moron. Get out. And then he handles, you know, hands somebody else something. Uh, But one of the other phrases that we always hear underwater basket weaving degrees, like people make fun of that. Well, I have we have a, another one that's dumber and I cannot believe it because I actually referenced them earlier as like a position of a, a, a as like a form of authority. And I don't know why, because now the Wharton School of Business, they are offering you can get a master of business in DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion. I'm not kidding. You have to take classes, says Daily Wire, in business economics and discrimination or leading diversity in organizations But once you get your brainwashing credits, then you can walk out saying, I can work as a DEI consultant, which is the new snake oil salesman. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company, and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement, and uh, family-owned, they think like us. And they're really known for, over at Recoil Gunworks, their web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, Vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana it's his life mission to make bad decisions it's time for florida man okay so i've heard some things in my life as it pertains to alligators and florida man and all this other stuff but this is the first time that i've ever seen or heard of anything like this so this comes this is an actual this is a real story it comes by way of yahoo news a florida man has successfully tamed an alligator with marshmallow treats i don't know a florida couple celebrated their 40th anniversary through the bayou and they uh encountered a gator that has an appetite for marshmallows. Hester Dolgan recorded her husband as he petted the petted petted the reptile, throwing marshmallows into the water and even shaking one of its rear feet. 
And they said they they told the press there from Florida. They said we were just enjoying a vacation in Louisiana, running away from the hurricane. We took an airboat uh, an airboat tour through the bayou outside of New Orleans. And she said, she goes, my husband has petted lots of animals. We went on a safari and he petted a white rhino. This her husband has no fear apparently, and he feeds this gator. The gator apparently clearly loves marshmallow treats and i read another story it said they actually tried went back oh my gosh it's just wild so i don't advise trying that with any gators in your area but that's actually kind of that's kind of interesting all right so this crestview man this is abc channel 3 weaar in okaloosa county florida a 22 year old crestview florida man is charged with child neglect he had a nine-year-old drive him home several miles According to the sheriff's office, Alexander Barrios was arrested Monday and a witness spotted a car entering the uh, Oak Hill Road from a neighborhood. It was around 8 a.m. Monday. So they the witness immediately just suspected, just you know, thought that the driver was impaired because they said the vehicle was all over the roadway, that the witness cut off the rear of the car near the intersection. And that's when he noticed a child was behind the wheel. So the witness told the child to get in the passenger seat and pulled the car into the convenience store. They called the police. And the nine-year-old told deputies that this grown man had asked him to drive him home. And they said that the nine-year-old then began driving back alone, back to his own home after dropping off Barrios. He traveled three miles before the witness intervened. So the child's mom said, I wasn't even aware that he left the house. So apparently the mother said, told deputies that Barrios was at her own the previous night drinking, stayed overnight. She realized in the morning that they were both gone. Oh my gosh, how in the world? Great parenting there. But that little, that nine-year-old drove him all the way there and then he was only spotted on the way back. That's, that's kind of amazing. Good heavens. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of the media just doesn't cover the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York with The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I discuss how the border crisis is continually getting worse and the administration is only concerned about accommodating the illegal migrants who enter the country and not facing the real problem of stopping them. Don't forget to download and subscribe to my daily No Chit chat podcast. I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you need to know the most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.